Please note that this is a bonus episode of the East German Fashion History Podcast that does not in any way pertain to the storied fashion culture of the German Democratic Republic. Now, in honor of the holiday season, particularly St. Nicolaus Day, which is tomorrow, and Krampus Eve, which is tonight, I'd like to dedicate this episode to one of my all-time favorite German folklore figures, Krampus, the horned half-goat, half-demon accomplice of St. Nicolaus, who goes around punishing children who have been bad by eating them. So today we're going to look at the Krampus craze, Christianized Krampus and his accomplice, St. Nicolaus, regional variations on a Krampus theme, the Kinderschreckfigur or children's frightful figure in German folklore, Krampus origins and the Krampuslauf, and finally, Frau Perschta. Originally, Campus stems from Austria, but is also celebrated in Lower Bavaria and throughout Southern Germany. From movies, documentaries, to Milka chocolate figures, and even modern day children's books like Nikolaus und Campus Kraus, Campus's cultural presence is alive and very much thriving. In the United States, he's gained quite the cult-like appeal, evidenced through all the merched apparel you can find on Etsy. I recently found these super cute Campos earrings featuring a vintage postcard illustration from the Divine Iguana, all handmade in Detroit. The resurgence of a Campos fascination began in the early 2000s as internet users started coming across these pre-World War I postcards of what looked like a bishop next to a chained furry devil with the phrase, Gruß von Campos, greetings from Krampus. Organically, this resulted in several reposts and a growing morbid curiosity. And in 2004, author and art curator Monte Beauchamp published several graphic compilations of Krampus cards. Now, funny enough, these same postcards were actually a key symbol to spreading Austrian nationalism. Because back in 1867, two years after the founding of the empire, the Austrian postal system would deliver these Krampus cards to regions throughout the Alpine homeland. But we can't talk about Krampus without St. Nikolaus, who is often venerated in a bishop's costume in these on these cards now like the american santa who rewards good children but is also responsible for those who have been bad nikolaus would bear gifts to the good children but since it's beneath his ecclesiastical duties to punish them it would be Campos's job now please note that many things that we see historically within the christian religion has its pagan roots, and Campos is one of those artifacts. There are also regional versions of a sort of Campos. In Germany, there is Knecht Ruprecht, which 
you can also find an account of in Jakob Grimm's Deutsche Mythologie or Ger- Jacob Grimm's German Mythology, a really great book and primary, really great source. Um, where in his account, he states that Knecht um, stems from the 17th century as a part of the Nuremberg Christmas processions, where he was a kind of a servant to Nikolaus. Ruprecht is associated with demonic associations of witchcraft and was there to punish bad children. Modern day German tales reversed the story and had him associated with bearing gifts to children. In Switzerland, you have Per Futard, um, apologies for the poor pronunciation. Per Futard translates to Father Whip, also known as Schmutzli, which means grime in German. Folklore has associated Pierre, Pierre with the dark arts, the devil, and even cannibalism. Lastly, there is the racially problematic Schwarte Piet in the Netherlands, known for his Renaissance court costume, whip, and blackface. He is seen side by side, St. Nicolaus, as a, quote, friend and not a servant slave, which was probably his origin. Make no mistake, though, Schwat Piet is explicitly a blackamoor. And in regions such as the Netherlands, there have been ongoing protests about banning this figure from traditional Christmas processions. Now, a recurring theme with all of these characters is that they are supposed to punish children that have been bad, and that is rooted in... Get ready for your next favorite long German word, a Kinderschreckfigur, or a children's fright figure. Now, these Kinderschreckfigurs are ultimately designed to discipline children through fear. Now, their origins are rather unknown. We can safely assume possibly pagan, but their presence is felt throughout children's literature. And there is a slew of them. There is the Sandmann or Sandman, the Nachtkrab or Night Raven, the Nachtbock or Night Goat, and the Popelmann, which my parents and my Omi always warned me about before bedtime. The Popelmann would draw would drag naughty children into the swamps. Now, needless to say, I was a pretty good kid, very well behaved probably because I was subconsciously afraid of the Popelmann. And if I ever had children, I'd absolutely tell them about all these traumatizing night creatures because they are the matter of cultural lore and part of a greater collective history. Now, if you ever go to Bern, Switzerland, um, be sure to check out the Kindelfresserbrunnen, or get ready for it, Child Eater Fountain, which was originally inspired by 1520 woodcut of a nasty ogre eating a child. The fountain portrays an impish man eating a child head first and carrying several more in his large sack on his back. Now that we know the greater cultural origins and some of Krampus's accomplices, let's get back to the story. 
So one of the main events to kick off the holiday season and the Campos season is called a Camposlauf, which is where people dress up as Campos, run around and harmlessly terrorize anyone they can find at the Weihnachtsmarkt and even knock on doors and go into homes. And I know this may seem scary and terrifying, but it's rather harmless It's just impish, fun, and people running around and trying to scare you. One of the most celebrated Kamposlaufs is in Germany, in Munich's Marienplatz, where people will dress up, usually men will dress up as Kampos and run around this historic city square. The Kamposlauf is a 500-year tradition and has its roots in Bad Gastein, Austria. Where, and this is a quote from their city's homepage, quote, every year on the 5th and 6th of December, the Kampospassen in Bad Gastein, Bad Hofgastein, and Dorfgastein move around from about 4.30 p.m. until late in the night. The, approx- the approximately Kampospassen, or people dressed up as Krampus, go from house to house. Now, you can find Campos Laufs across small cities in America as well. I went to a Campos costume contest at a brewery in Ithaca last year, and it was quite an event. Aside from acting as a mythical disciplinary figure for children, Campos is part of a a greater symbol of the winter months and the coming winter months. While, yes, a lot of holiday of the holiday and Christmas season celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ and has become a catalyst for building community, sharing warmth and light, whether it be at a Weihnachtsmarkt with friends or eating at a family meal on an Advent Sunday. Ultimately, Campos symbolizes the unforgiving, cold and endless darkness of the season where the spirits, the supernatural spirits come to life. Christmas is actually in Germany was originally considered a haunted season. Up until 1860, it was associated with werewolves. If you even uttered the word wolf between Christmas and the Epiphany or the entire month of December, you it is said that you would be putting your life at risk. 12 days of Christmas was not associated with partridges, pear trees and seven swans of swimming. It was considered part of the Raue Nächte. Raue means raw. Or Die Zwölfte, the Twelves. And it was the Twelve Uneasy Nights where one year dissolves into the other and the otherworldly paranormal elements begin to seek in, seep in. Now, behind every compass, there is an almighty, more powerful witch goddess, and her name is Frau Perschta. Or in German, the German counterpart is Frau Holda. She is considered the origin behind Krampus, who leads a Wildjagd, or wild hunt, in the night throughout the skies and forests of Germany and Northern Europe, with her crew of witches, spirits, and phantom black dogs portending disaster. Fun fact, 
the headless horseman has its roots in the Vidyacht. It is not just an American supernatural tale because it has German roots. Frau Pashta is considered a Pashtun, a character of dualities representing the souls of the dead. She is part beautiful winter goddess whose name evokes purity and light and part monstrous witch, rewarding and punishing people according to their deeds. Now, Pashta, like Krampus, is a pagan goddess who was Christianized and is often was often associated with spinning flax, which was to be finished by Epiphany Eve, which is on January 6th. Epiphany is a Christian feast day that celebrates the revelation of God incarnate as Jesus Christ. If she came to your house and she were to see any unspun flax, it could be cut, tangled, and ruined. In Jakob Grimm's Deutsche Mythologie, he states that she would even burn the hands of lazy spinners. So, Pashta, Frau Pashta, is also interested in and associated with tidy housekeeping and homes. And those had to be thoroughly scrubbed and swept before January 6th. Now, let's be honest here. I can't think of anything more German slash Austrian than a 600-year-old witch who punishes you for not cleaning up your mess and being inefficient in your workflow. And personally, I love it. Relatively speaking, in light of tw the 2016 election, many who identify as feminists or just dissenters have turned to Wicca and witchcraft and professing a witchy lifestyle replete with pointy hats, gothic makeup, crystals, and herbs. This could be interpreted as an aesthetic and philosophical revolt against the capitalist patriarchy, which, ironically, has been heavily capitalized on with makeup kits at Sephora, crystals and herbs you can buy on Amazon, tote bags with sayings like, we are the granddaughters of the witches you weren't able to burn. And while all, all of this is wonderful in spreading the good word of pagan witchcraft and Wicca, there have been American witches and covens that have been practicing for years before this was a trend, before this was a style. But in regards to Frau Pashta, this disciplinary witch doesn't care. She wants you to keep your house clean, your workspace tidy, and personally, I love her for that. Now, similar to the Kramposlauf, there has also been and there are also accounts of the Pashtenlauf, because generally Frau Pashta is said to have always traveled with her Pashten or dual spirits. While the Pashtenlauf is a male-dominated world of people were running around dressed up as witches or horn devils like Campos in a town village. They will take on household duties such as enforcing household order. 
in Raurus near Gastein, you can find an event where Schnabelperschten or beaked Perschten visit the homes to inspect for tidiness, but also quietly causing messes in the process. And in a Perschenlauf, there are witches, other Perschen characters like the Habergeist, a fertility a fertility symbol, and the Moosmandel, a forest fertility spirit who brings light into the dark of a gloomy forest and makes sure that the bark beetle doesn't get too hungry. Now, Passchendaels are not Kamposlaufs, as this is more of a pagan festival. But often, like I'd mentioned before, Krampus will make an appearance, and these Passchendaels happen on the 5th and 6th of December. So between Frau Perschta and Krampus, these pagan symbols have become Christianized for moralizing purposes, all grounded within German and Austrian folklore. As you go into this holiday season filled with light, however, light, laughter, and brief moments of escapism by way of cheesy Hallmark movies, I challenge you to think of the many symbols and rituals like Advents wreaths, Advents calendars, even Christmas elves, because they all have German pagan roots. And if Krampus, Krampus has taught us anything about anything for this holiday season, it's really about dualities. The dualities of light and darkness in the winter months, life and death, paganism and Christianity good spirits and bad spirits, beautiful passion and ugly passion. And on that note, I'd like to say danke. Danke for listening and have a wonderful holiday season. And I'll see you in two weeks for our regularly scheduled programming on the denim craze and the German Democratic Republic. And on that note, I hope you have a wonderful St. Nicolaus if you celebrate or if you don't, and an even more wonderful and exciting Campus Eve. Tschüss!